I've had the fortune of meeting a lot of you guys at B2B SaaS conferences all around the world, and one of my favorites is coming up in New York City, June 4th to 5th. That is SaaS Doc East Coast. Now, it's my favorite, and I can say that because I'm getting asked to speak at almost every major SaaS conference because my data set is so large. Nobody has anything like it, and the reason SaaS Doc is my favorite is because it's the most curated. It's a large group of extremely intelligent individuals. In fact, many CEOs I've had on the show will be at SaaS Stock East Coast on June 4th through 5th in New York, including many you guys have heard of, like Rajit Thomas, CEO and founder of Sprinkler, Daniel, CEO of Greenhouse, and Stacey Bishop, partner at Scale Venture Partners. So I hope to see you guys there. If you decide to come, I will get coffee with you and I can get you guys a great discount, I think, as well. You can check it out at this link, nathanlacka.com forward slash East. SAS, S-A-A-S-T-O-C-K, East. And then use code LATKA-20 to get a 20% discount. That's L-A-T-K-A hyphen two zero. L-A-T-K-A hyphen two zero. And then shoot me a text if you decide to come so we can get coffee, 703-431-2709. I hope to see you guys there. There's a little bit more kind of, what do you think? Let me make sure your feelings are good. Support your decision. Give me an updated report. A little bit different than the military. Randy is obviously adopting well. You know, maybe if his wife didn't get sick of him surfing and doing yoga at home in the middle of the living room, he'd still be home doing yoga in the middle of the living room. But he's not. He joined Percolate after a search and he said, you know what? This is a company I want to be with. Joined them just six months ago. Founded in 2011, the ultimate marketing machine. They're serving about 200 logos across 600 brands, 75 million bucks raised, growing between 50 and 100 year over year, somewhere we'll say it, somewhere in the kind of $40 million AR run rate range. Again, retention net metrics generally nine with industry. Payback period, they try to stay below six months with a team of around, call it 200, 300 people. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Randy Woodton. He's the CEO of Percolate. He also has been a leader and strategic innovator in the marketing technology industry for over 20 years. Prior to Percolate, he served as CEO of leading predictive marketing platform Rocket Fuel, where he repositioned the company and led it to its sale. During his career, Randy has held senior positions at Microsoft and Salesforce. He's a graduate of Harvard Business School, St. John's College, and the U.S. Naval Academy. Randy, are you ready to take us to the top? Sure, let's go. All right, tell us about Percolate. What do you guys do and what is your business model? Is it a pure play SaaS company? Uh, take the second one first. Yes, pure play SaaS company focused on Fortune 2000 uh, companies that are struggling with the challenge that all marketers are facing. It's about how do you deliver on the promise of personalization? How do you get content, the right person at the right time, and actually make marketing work better? Yep, very good. And uh, you joined the company, I believe you said in 2016, correct? Uh, no, actually, I've only been here six months. So I came in six months ago to help them 
uh, continue the evolution of the company from a social media management monitoring only solution into an enterprise software solution sold to the whole marketing organization. So Percolate, really well known for social media management capabilities. We're out there defining a new category called content marketing platforms. Yep. Randy, put, put the company on a timeline for me. When did the company launch? Yeah, sorry. The company started in 2011. So it's been around for about seven years and I joined six months ago. Okay. So question for you, you have a lot of success, you know, right. Why not go out and start your own thing from scratch? Why, why join Percolate? It's a great question. I, so I'm a grower, not a founder. What I do is I come in and help companies scale. So I'm a go-to-market guy, sales, service, and marketing. I like companies that are in this stage of, of often described as that series C, you have product, product market fit. And now what you need to do is go activate in the marketplace. And so I'm probably just not smart enough to have an original idea. I come in and help <laughs> get stuff done. How did you learn that about yourself? Uh, that's a great question. I, I background in the military was a, a naval aviator. It just I like things moving fast and making quick decisions. And I think that uh, coming out of business school, uh, the types of problems I was interested in were the ones where the innovation was coming from collaboration of, uh, around interesting ideas uh, and scaling things through organizations versus. Uh, being the guy sitting by myself and coming up with a big idea. Yep. Now, did you come into the company with a round of funding? Were you basically an EIR at a VC firm or? No, I wasn't. I, we did secure some additional funding. As you can imagine, when you bring in a new CEO, it takes a, a little bit to define a new strategy and then you want to have the funding to execute. Um, I had left Rocket Fuel, took some time off and went surfing in, in, in Costa Rica, did some yoga, you know, tried to come in touch with myself. And then my wife got sick of me trying to get in touch with myself at home. So go get a job. But I was very deliberate in looking for a company at this stage on focused on this problem. Uh, lots of exciting opportunities out here, but I thought Percolate had made enough of the transition that I could be successful. So I want to talk about capital real quick, and then we'll talk more yeah. about the story here. How much capital in the company's date? So raised to date, $75 million. Okay, all equity, or is there debt on the top of that? Well, there's we have a line of debt that we run with Comerica, just like many companies do. Um, we access it as a sort of working capital line versus a funding line. Yeah. Uh, the equity last round was done in 2015. So yeah. um, like most startups, you end up, you get a little money to, 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 to prove a thesis and you execute 12 to 18 months, and you go get a little bit more money and you, you keep going. Randy, out of curiosity, because debt I know is just getting hotter, especially in a good economy, did you decide to do like revenue-based financing where you're paying back as a percentage of monthly revenue? Or did you do like an MRR term loan where there's an interest rate, interest rate for the first 12 months and interest in principal over say four to six years? Wow, that's a really technical question. What I'm just I, curious. Yeah, we, um, so I inherited the debt line that we had. It's an um, MRR debt line. Uh, the additional debt is a convert. Okay. So you're not, you're not paying it as a percentage of gross receipts per month. It's, it's a fixed interest rate. It's fixed interest rate. Yeah. And I was interested in your question, your assumption around the debt. What I found is, and having done this at Rocket Fuel as well with debt financing, is there a bunch of banks that are just lined up with the VCs, the top VCs in the world, and they got these different deals that they do and they invest in the portfolio and you get good terms because you're a Sequoia back where like uh, Sequoia, GGV, Lightspeed and first round, those, types of companies want to, the banks want to do business with those companies. Um, and so it's a matter of, uh, it, I, I think capital structure is one of the most interesting things you have to think about as a CEO and for early stage entrepreneurs, 
getting smart on that is really important because the price of capital, the cost of capital of debt versus equity and how much you take and when you take it, really different instruments um, and different um, expectations. Um, and, and, and clearly something that people, CEOs, CFOs need to be thinking about all the time. Yeah. Last question on the debt. Do they require that you keep, let's say that the debt vehicle was, I'm making this up, a $10 million vehicle. Do they require you that you always keep 10 million liquid in the bank as long as you're accessing that vehicle or no, or you don't know? No, no. It's more of a, we can access up to our capacity. The capacity is determined by our MRR. Yeah. Okay. Very good. All right. Let's move on. So that's capital raised. Let's refocus back on the products. You said fortune 200 is where you're focused at. Give me a general sense. Or you say fortune 2000 or fortune 200? Fortune 2000. So so it's enterprise software companies. We talk about brands such as MasterCard, Unilever, EA. We are working with some of the largest brands in the world because what we like is complexity. The problem we're solving is when there's a lot of products, a lot of channels, a lot of markets, and a lot of marketers trying to figure out what is the campaign they should be executing, how to have people build content and orchestrate that from a global centralized operation all the way down into to local. So yep. the problem we solve is primarily B2B, big enterprise type problems. And Randy, what I don't want to go down every cohort, but on average, one of the, what do these enterprises pay you per year? What's your average ACV, would you say? Yeah, so we're north of 200000 per year. What okay. I would say is a lot of our uh, contracts are TCV, so they're multiple-year deals, because what you find with these large enterprises is they run a robust partner, uh, RFP process, and they're looking for partners. And so if you make it all the way through and you get to the end, they often say, great, let's do a three-year deal. They're also looking for preferred pricing if they make the commitment and that much, such. But it's very, very different than like a mid-mark, high-transaction um, sale. Are you a, are they just committing to that via signature or are you actually pulling three years of cash forward on day one? It's a great question. I, I won't give you the exact number. I would say all of, or I'll tell you this, 95% of our deals are paid up front. A large percentage of them are paid annually on the, on the contract date. Some are paid up front fully. So yeah. what's neat about this business versus when I was at Rocket Fuel where we were having to buy inventory, chase agencies to get paid. They had to go chase advertisers to pay them. Uh, we were play, basically playing a bank to the agencies in the pure SaaS model where you get paid up front. The more you grow, the more cash you have. Yep. So it's a wonderful working capital dynamic. Especially if you figure a way to even take a fraction of your new sales uh, getting paid two years up front. I mean, the economics on that looks great. great. And Very you good. also reduce churn. You also reduce overall cost of um, uh, customer acquisition costs. So, you know, bigger deals, longer terms. Um, I will always go for those. Yep. Um, what have you scaled to now in terms of total customers you're working with? We publicly talk about 600 brands. Okay, got it. Now, now are those all different companies or those brands roll up to a hundred like parent holding companies? Yeah, great question. So you can imagine with a company like Unilever, they have multiple brands and we counted at the brand level. It really depends on how the company is structured. Um, but I would say it's in the range of, of, of every company has a couple of brands. Yeah. So maybe like, I'm going to make this up 200 companies and on average they've got caught three brands under them, something like that. Yeah. I won't comment publicly, but it's you're in the order of magnitude. What I would yeah. say the opportunity for enterprise sales is, as you know, is when we go into a large company, um, uh, you get in with one organization and the opportunity is to expand. And so enterprise sales is, mo is about landing the big logo, but it's the expansion. And especially for a workflow automation tool, it, its value 
is realized when you have the entire division, the entire marketing division working on it. All of us in the software world also have subscriptions to a thousand different software platforms, and it can be challenging to figure out which ones you should invest your time and energy in versus ones ones you should ignore. So, I mean, I had this problem. We're scheduling hundreds, actually thousands of B2B SaaS CEOs for this podcast, and I needed a good tool to manage all the scheduling. So I went to Captera and essentially looked at who ranked highest, who had the best reviews, and narrowed it down to essentially book a fee, a pointlet, and acuity scheduling. I now use a combination of these three tools to do efficient appointment scheduling. Now, what Captera has built is extremely impressive. I don't know if you guys know this, 700,000 reviews of products from real software users help you discover everything and really make an informed decision. They cover over 700 specific categories of software from project management, which we have a lot of these CEOs on the show, TML marketing to yoga studio management software. They really do cover a ton. So, If you want to get started on Captera today to find the right tools to make 2019 the year for your business and quite frankly, save time and energy on all your software expenses, we all spend a lot on it, visit nathanlacka.com forward slash Captera. That's nathanlacka.com forward slash C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A to get started today. Totally free. We can quantify this in terms of of net revenue retention annually. So I assume based off your incredible ability to drive expansion and your ability to pull cash, your net revenue retention, I'm imagining is over 100% per year. Is that accurate? Yeah, again, can't comment publicly. What I would say is that what we are focused on is large enterprise customers who are buying the new capability, the content marketing platform, and we have great net retention in that in that segment. There are some smaller mid-sized customers uh, that we have as we've evolved, the company are, are, are working with, and we perhaps have more churn in that uh, segment than you would, you might expect. Well, uh, what would we expect in the market? Don't talk about you, but on average yeah. in this market, what would we expect for churn? Well, I think your, your, your general sense of enter- so enterprise software are different than mid market, right? So enterprise software, I think um, expectation of 80, 90% retention is totally reasonable. It's long-term contracts. You're, you're, as we said, you're making these big commitments. With the mid-market space, what you struggle with is... Um, Just to be clear, sorry, are you putting yourself mid-market or enterprise? No, we're enterprise. Enterprise, yeah. Yeah, we're enterprise. So in the mid-market space, what you struggle with is if you're selling a complicated enterprise solution with uh, requires a lot of implementation, is people... They like the idea, they get into it, but then they can't fully commit to changing the way they're doing marketing. Um, Or they can't support the ongoing change management required to enable it. So I think when you're Google and you're live in five with a search solution, like they probably have small, medium-sized businesses and mid-markets that use them all the time. When you're doing an enterprise software sale trying to sell in the mid-market, it's just mismatched with what the mid-market buyer wants. Yep. You mentioned CAC earlier. I don't want to know what your specific CAC is, but I'm actually more interested in how aggressive you're being on your payback periods based off what you raise. So are you happy considering your cash cushion to have and be patient for a 24 month payback or do you try and stay below six months or a year or what? Yeah, we we look below six months on on CAC. I, I would, I would describe it as one of the areas where we're investing coming in and pivoting and focusing on B2B marketing um, uh, more specifically, it's, let me put it this way. 
there's a different way of running an enterprise software sales motion from what a mid-market play is. It's, it's inbound leads, it's qualification, it's sales funnel. What I tell my team is enterprise sales is about focus, it's sales cylinder. So you identify the set of verticals you're going to go after, you build the set of playbooks, and you execute those very specifically against the target account. Uh, list. You use tactics such as like account-based marketing. So you use events. So we do a lot of events and people are welcome to come to our website and check it out to learn more because we're, we're creating a category and educating people, helping to educate people about the challenge and what's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a different deployment of capital under CAC than if you're doing mid-market trying to drive leads and do the demand gen. So I think it's more around, again, all of your systems investments need to be aligned with your go-to-market strategy we're going after enterprise customers. Yep. Am I understanding that, Randy, correctly? No matter where the spend is going, generally speaking, on an average contract, at least first year of two hundred grand, you're happy to spend six months of that. So, say a hundred grand on acquisition, whether that's a conference you're putting on or flying a salesperson out or whatever. Yeah, I mean, the ratio that you find the magic number in the valley is three to one LTV to CAC, right? So your lifetime value. Three times, three x the CAC that you spend, and people will talk about you can spend up to then thirty percent to acquire that customer. So with someone who's with us for five five years, spending two hundred thousand dollars a year, right? That's a million dollar lifetime value. You could spend a lot on CAC to get them. Mm-hmm. The challenge is um, they're few and far between, and you do spend a lot in terms of sophisticated sales motion with uh, highly experienced AEs, BDR, solution consultants, a marketing plan. So again, your sales structure has to reinforce the sales strategy, which is about getting big accounts. Yep. The, the trap I've seen a few CEOs that are your size though get, fall into is they have really healthy CAC to LTV ratios, but the, their churn is so low. They've argued that the time-based LTV is seven or eight years in some cases. So if you say your eight-year LTV, I'm going to make this up as a million bucks, and you say I'm willing to spend 30% of that to acquire, so I'm willing to spend 300 grand, but it takes you three years to get that 300 grand back, even though the lifetime value pans out and it works. Some people can't afford to wait that long, which is why I tend to ask about payback period. Yeah, no, I love that. I like the payback period. I think it's a great... um, uh, optic to use. We use it with our own SAS metrics uh, and we have that exact conversation Yeah, uh, because part of it is you got to cat, you got to have the cash to fund uh, enterprise sales motion. That's right. What's your team look like today? How many people? Uh, I don't think we're public about that. Um, you can look on Crunchbase. you order a magnitude, couple hundred. Okay. Okay, good. Couple hundred. My, what I'm really curious about is I want to dive deeper on the inside sales folks. By the way, LinkedIn says 227 people. How many are dedicated to some kind of inside sales function? So, um, we have a, uh, so we do inside sales. Interesting. I, I think of it as uh, business development or sales okay. development. Um, and it's a percent of the sales team. Uh, we, I would tell you industry wide, what you find is about a three to one ratio okay. in terms of three salespeople to one BDR, yep. um, is what's appropriate. Again, it depends on if you're doing a key account strategy. So the difference is if you have BDRs that are incented to just set up initial meetings, that's a different model than if you're trying to do an account-based strategy and you have your BDR setting up meetings all around the account because it's a, you're trying to do that key influencer and get the Density. meetings in. That's a, that's a different type of engagement that you're doing. And that, um, but I think the ratio of one to three is probably right. So Randy, I want to just to be clear, 
you're saying you can have one BDR feed enough yeah. leads to fill up three sales reps calendars. But, but it's leads specific against a target account. Got it. Targeting. And yes. Great. That's right. Very good. Last few questions before we wrap up. Growth rate. What are you growing at year over year? Generally public, speaking. But generally speaking. Yeah. I mean, we're in line with what you would expect from a VC backed company. Um, high, high double digits or are you over a hundred percent? No, less than hundred percent high double, you know, up in that range though with the new business. Good. So between, we'll call it between 50 and hundred percent year over year yeah. growth in terms of revenue. And then we can assume some minimums here, Randy, based on what you told me. So call it 200 like logos using you across maybe 600 brands. And you said earlier, you know, ACV around 200 grand. I mean, so if I took 200, logos times a $200,000 ACV, it puts you at about 3 million per month or about 40 million in terms of ARR run rate. I won't ask you to confirm the exact numbers, but generally speaking, am I in the range? You can do the math. I, <laughs> fair enough. Wait, what, how much time do you think you need to, you know, get to the point where you're breaking and flirting with kind of the hundred million mark? Do you, does it happen by 2020? You think? I don't know. I mean, it, 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 we are dependent upon these getting the big deals and pen, uh, um, expanding them. I would tell you that I'm um, excited about the customers that we're working with, the attraction we've gotten on the expansion. And so I think you can do the math on the, on the calculated growth rate. Our goal is to grow um, as fast as possible, but responsibly, right? Yep. Getting the top line revenue with the investment behind it to drive uh, a path towards profitability. Yep. All right. Let's wrap up here quick with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Right now, play bigger. It's all about category definition. And I think it's a uh, category of strategy. And when you're evolving and defining a category, uh, it's been very powerful. Number two, is there a CEO you're currently following or studying? That's a great question. Um, Elon Musk. Number uh, three, is there a favorite online tool you have for building your business? Other than Salesforce? <laughs> Besides Salesforce. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, we're doing, we're doing more with LinkedIn and I'm excited about it in terms of, again, if we're trying to engage with B2B marketers and developing a community of people in education, I do think LinkedIn is probably uh, on social, our, our most, um, valuable, uh, engagement tool at Good. this time. LinkedIn number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night, Randy? Six. That's good. And what's your situation? Uh, well, actually, I think you mentioned married, but what's your situation? Married, single kids? Married, two kids, 11 and 13, cute little boys. Never see enough of them, but uh, uh, very excited to be at the stage of my life. Good. And how old are you, Randy? 50. 50. Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Well, my 20-year-old self was in the military. So 20-year-old self. Oh, I'll give you a, a quick story. Um, so in the military, you, there's a saying like lead follower, get out of the way. It's very clear about who's going to make the decision. And I don't care. It's your decision. Great. We're going to go take that hill, but you're going to go lead it. In the corporate sector, the big thing I had to learn, it took me a while was it's lead follower. Let's talk about it. And you spend all this time in meetings with people just talking about things. And it just drove me nuts when I first got into the corporate sector was like, what, what it's clear. There's a decision to be made here. Who's going to make the decision. And so I think, um, to the 20-year-old self, it would be recognize that you're going to have to do some, some evolution of operating pace when you go into the corporate sector. 
Guys, there you have it. Uh, there's a little bit more kind of, what do you think? Let me make sure your feelings are good. Support your decision. Give me an updated report. A little bit different than the military. Randy is obviously adopting well. You know, maybe if his wife didn't get sick of him surfing and doing yoga at home in the middle of the living room, he'd still be home doing yoga in the middle of the living room. But he's not. He joined Percolate after a search and he said, you know what? This is a company I want to be with. Joined them just six months ago. Founded in 2011, the ultimate marketing machine. They're serving about 200 logos across 600 brands, 75 million bucks raised, growing between 50 and 100% year over year. Somewhere, we'll say it, somewhere in the kind of $40 million AR run rate range. Again, retention net metrics generally nine with industry. Payback period, they try to stay below six months with a team of around, call it 200, 300 people. Randy, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Yeah, right on. Have a great day.